Mackenzie. This is podcast for the week of December 19th. Well, hello everyone. I'm Reverend Carla. Welcome to Spirituality Matters. And now let's settle in to find that sacred space between here where I am and there where you are. And let us be reminded that the holy transcends our physical bodies and our time together here is just as meaningful and sacred as if we were sitting beside one another. Okay, let's get started. Today's podcast is entitled Normal Isn't Good Enough. So this is our final podcast for 2021. We're taking a break next week for the holidays to give the NUMA team a much needed break. It has been a challenging year for both personally and collectively, and we all deserve just a little bit of space. I looked back at last year's podcast that was done about this time year because I thought about doing something that would be inspirational, contemplative, maybe a little challenging or introspective. Because we often do that, we reflect on the year that is closing and prepare ourselves mentally, spiritually, and emotionally for the new year. So last year, we invited you to use one of our podcasts uh, for 2020 as part of your spiritual practice. And we created some questions and invited you to pause for breath. One of my favorite uh, phrases and Mackenzie, our social media spe specialist said that first to me and I just, I just love it. So we just invited you to pause for breath and consider the answers to those questions for your own life. We staged that by challenging you to consider things in your life, you may want to change or reset. And we also ask that you consider how your life impacts those around you, especially as we navigated a global pandemic and all of the political and religious tension we currently face here in America. There go the doggy nails because my grand dog always has to get up. I think it's like on cue, she knows I'm being recorded. Now, at the end of this podcast, I will also leave you with um, a few questions, but I do want to give you a gentle warning. The road to get to those questions are going to look, the road is going to look a little different than what we took last year. We need to face some hard truths here at the end of 2021. It's just time for us to face this, my friends. And I know it's hard. I get it. I get tired of the news. I grow tired of the tension. I, go I grow tired of knowing that when I wake up each and every day, there's going to be a number of Christian Karen comments that I'll need to address. Uh, because I do that as best I can to make our space here, the Rev Carla and the Numa Soul community, a safe and sacred space for all who are here. But beautiful souls, we are now the grown-ups in the room. If we turn away from the cry of this earth and its inhabitants, then we do so because we have privilege that those who are most impacted, the marginalized, and those who are historically oppressed, they do not have 
the benefit to turn away from it or go back to sleep. And yes, I, I'll admit, you do have a choice. You can disconnect, you can detach, and you can go back to sleep, or you can understand that for a time such as this, you were born and you are here, and the world needs just what you have to offer as a healing balm to what is hurting so many people. That doesn't mean that you should not practice restorative self-care. It's very important, it absolutely is. In fact, probably more important now than ever before because we're always gonna be facing some of these things that we've been facing, climate change. And the number of school shootings over this past year, it's unbelievable that here, after we just celebrated another or I'm sorry, I used the word celebrated that we memorialized another year after the Sandy Hook shootings on December 14th. There are adults, and let me be very frank here, there are adults acting like idiots in school board meetings and politicians acting even more idiotic than those people who are in charge of our government. And we can no longer trust those in charge of our government to work for the good of the whole. The truth is, we haven't been able to do that for a very long time. We were just asleep to allow it to get this bad. But now back to the restorative care and this need to take care of yourself. Yes, of course, pause to take care of yourself. Pause for rest, pause for care, pause for you. We all need each other healed and rested. Now the holidays, maybe you could see me smiling if you see this on the YouTube channel because she's going at that bed again. She hasn't done that all day. I've been writing all day. It's been a very good productive day. Now the holidays may provide that needed respite for you that like break in what your typical schedule is or it could be more chaotic like it is for so many of us. Or maybe you can find time at the beginning of the year to carve out some sacred, sacred space, whatever you have to do to build in to your agenda into your personal time, please make sure that you take care of yourself. But let me say this as we consider this year closing and we're standing at the portal of the new year. How we show up in 2022 is so critical to this moment in time. Every one of us has a personal responsibility. I wanna say that again, how we show up in 2022 is so critical to this moment in time. So we must not assume that someone else is looking out for the well-being of humanity and this earth. As Gandhi said, you must be the change you wish to see in the world. So for me, I want to see not only equal rights, that's setting the bar really low. I want to see clear paths to address systemic racism. Things like this, according to prisonpolicy.org, and anytime we reference any kind of data or statistics, we do try to put those in our show notes. And McKinsey will make sure that these are also part of them. So you can go read all of this yourself. But according to prisonpolicy.org, Black people, are disproportionately likely to be arrested, to repeatedly be arrested, to experience use of force when in contact with police and to be stopped more often on the street. That is a systemic racism issue. I'd like to see changes that prioritize our educational system. So according to some data from uh, the PewResearch.org site, the United States 
ranks in the lower quadrant of the upper tier in science, math, and reading. And in every one of those ratings, there are about at least 20, maybe even more countries that are ahead of us. Now where Singapore hits the number one spot in all of those categories of science, science math and reading, countries like Taiwan, Park, Portugal, the UK, Australia, South Korea, Estonia, and Japan routinely surpassed us. So go check out that statistic. It's very interesting. So we who consider America to be the gold standard in so many ways, that's, a, that's an illusion. We don't rank first in much except consumption. And especially this point in time, I can personally tell you after talking to so many people in other countries, they're not only concerned, they are astounded that our democracy is at risk and they don't see us doing much to change things. So speaking of which, I'd like to see significant changes in our, polit in our politics. I not only want to live the, the freedom from religion, from religious mantra, I want to live free from religious extremists. And we're not talking about a far off Middle Eastern country here. We're talking about the United States of America now being impacted by Christian extremism. And you see that in the politics of people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates. And you see that in some of the videos that I've shown piece, uh, recently on TikTok, where a ma uh, pastor in Johnson City, Tennessee, was raffling off AR-15s to get people in the pews. Uh, you can go, you can Google. I'll see if I can find it for the show notes. That you can Google pastor gives away AR-15s, and you can still find that, even though the church website tried to scrub all of the evidence of that, it had already been downloaded millions of times because. People were literally in shock that someone had done that that was connected to Christianity. At the end of that video, he says, glory to God, or God is great, or something like that. But it's so interesting how you tie the giveaway of AR-15s to the glory of God. So according, now we're going to focus a little bit on, on uh, politics here because everyone considers 2022 a critical point in our nation's history. And what does this have to do with spirituality? Absolutely everything. Because if we don't protect voting rights, and if we don't get out from under religious extremists, our rights to be able to uh, practice our beliefs in a sacred way are in jeopardy. I truly believe that. A lot of experts believe that. I quote Heather Cox Richardson in one of her letters um, later, later. And if you are not reading Heather Cox Richardson's letters to America, your letters from an American, I believe is what it is. And uh, I'll put a, a link to that in the show notes so you can find her. But she's a political historian and she very often writes, and I quote, our democracy is at risk, unquote. So back to these disturbing statistics related to American politics, according to an article in The Guardian, white men 
in America make up 30% of the US population. White men make up 30% of the U US population, but they hold 62% of the government offices. 30% of the population, 62% of the government offices. That tells us that we are still influenced by patriarchy and the minorities are, the majorities are underrepresented in government. So the minority is controlling the power that mandates policy over the rest of us. And that's disturbing. Here's another statistic. According to uh, The Guardian, 88%, this may have come from Pew Research, uh, pewresearch.org, I'm pretty sure it did. 88% uh, of, of Congress in 2019 were Christians. 88% were Christians. Even though, according to an article in The Guardian, 63% of Americans identify as Christians. And 30%, now this, these are statistics, the 2019 statistics that showed that 88% of Congress were Christians, and I'm sure that hasn't deviated much uh, just two years later, 63% of Americans identify as Christians and 30% of Americans adults do not have any religious affiliation. Now that is a significant statistic because just 14 years ago, the people who did not have religious affiliation were at 16%. So the landscape is shifting quickly. And I know this is a lot of statistics, but it's very important that you don't have to be able to rattle this stuff off, but you should have it at your disposal so that you can understand when someone else is throwing facts at you or what they call alternative facts, you know the real thing. This is what's happening in our government. Now, I think this is also interesting because, as I said, 88% of Congress is, is, is Christians, and this latest data shows that only 63% of Americans identify as Christians. According to a Gallup poll that came out in March of this year, it says for the first time in American history, for the first time in American history, church membership fell below 50%. So when you put that data together with where you're, what you're seeing from Pew Research and Gallup Poll, so Gallup Poll is basically saying that people who might identify as a Christian but aren't affiliated with religion, aren't affiliated with the church, for the first time in history, there are more people in this country who are unchurched than ever before. This has been an eight-decade decline in church memberships. Those who are in power, the 88% of the Christians who are affiliated with religion know this. So the minority is clearly in power over the majority. White male Christians are in charge. And wouldn't it be great to start seeing a more diverse population representative of who we truly are as Americans? So beautiful souls, we have work to do. We must work for the good of the whole, for the majority of us who are underrepresented, underrepresented in politics and in our education system. Because unless you are a white Christian male, you are at risk of being oppressed. Every one, every one of our uh, categories, at one time or another, we had to fight the white Christian male for our rights. And historically, Black people, 
people of color, immigrants, low income, the working segment that kept our nation going during the pandemic, they are especially at risk of being thrown under the bus by this majority in politics. Okay, so that was really good news. Like I told you, we were going to have to go down a road of hard truths to get to where we are going. But this is the way life is. It all can't be a Hallmark movie. It requires us to show up and do the hard work. That is what we're here for now. That is what I am imploring you to look at 2022 as your time for action, of your to stay awake, to stay informed, and to take action, and of course, vote. All right, so let's dive in to this by uh, visiting some of what I wrote in the blog. Typically, my, my blog writing is, it goes along, correlates with what we talk about here on the podcast, and of course, the same is here this week. But uh, what we'll do is just go through some of the points and I'll expand, expand on those. And then we will end our time together with just a, a short contemplative practice where I will ask you some questions that will hopefully help you in 2021 with intention and begin 2022 with mindfulness and focus. Okay, so there was a different vibe this time last year. I think that we were all still living with a little bit of denial and a lot of arrogance because we assumed that this pandemic would be over in a year. So we looked at 2021 as the year of hope that we thought things would get back to this thing that we call normal. And that is not what happened. And I think you're seeing this people now encouraging all of us to look at 2022 in a different light. I know for me, I'm humbled. I have no idea what the future holds other than my commitment to show up as a better version of myself. I have no idea what's going to happen with the pandemic. I have no idea what's gonna happen in politics. I just know I have work to do. And I'm, I'm uh, entering this with a state of humility and gratitude for being able to do this work that I'm called to do. So one of the things that I would like you to consider is looking at this new year as anything other than begging or desiring normal to return. Because what these past two years has taught, has taught me is that normal is an illusory construct. It's something that we have in our minds that allows us to go back to sleep. Normal is, and I know people get tired of hearing this, but it's also very important, especially if you uh, are a white, um, cis, hetero, uh, male or female, it's so important for us to understand how much privilege we have when we can just tune out some of the pain of the world. It's so easy for us to do that, that assume that someone else is taking care of what is aching in the world, that we can do it for a while, but also turn back to our lives to what we call normal. And I think that that is setting the bar too low. Normal only leads to a mediocre existence and we need to look higher or we're going to be destined to repeat the horrible mistakes of our past. 
So in 2021, I felt like it was just a, um, a holdover a little bit. The flood of muck that came through 2020 kind of just flooded over into 2021. And we had so many things that were still just carried over, whether it was climate change, of course, the pandemic and all the uh, political and religious unrest that we've been dealing with. But what it also invites us to do is to pause for just a moment and consider that this, my friends, this time is very, very, very real. Because for change to have lasting impact, we need to look down the road. So I, I visualize for me, this is, this is I'm, I'm big into visualizations. And one of the things I think that 2020 gave us was a mirror. It gave us a mirror, it offered us a mirror. And I talk about that a lot when I talk about when uh, you're triggered by certain situations or you're holding trauma, what they sometimes refer to as inner child wounds, and you are triggered by something that someone says. And you're not, it might not be necessarily that what that person said is as harmful or as dangerous as what is rising up in you because you're triggered from some inner wound that's back here. What we're talking about there is that that experience that's in front of you with this person is actually a mirror that's inviting you to look at something that's that's asking for light inside you that it's time to heal that now if we reject that mirror and we feel justified in our anger and in our trigger then more than likely we're going to have an inappropriate response to that person because something back here has been ignited in our psyche and in our emotions and in our soul, and we're going to come out a lot harsher than what we need to. 2020 was that mirror for us. The things that we continued to ignore came up as a mirror for humanity. We ignored climate change. We ignored the fact that we needed to come together collectively to, solve, to be able to solve a problem when it came to a global crisis. And we assumed that we could count on people to take care of our American institution of democracy, and that did not happen. 2020 showed us that a toxic person being, being raised up to a, a level of leadership failed in that so miserably in the early stages to address this global pandemic. Because of this, America has witnessed and suffered absolute carnage in our hospitals and in our funeral homes to the point where we lead the world in cases and deaths. And that's not a statistic that you want ever. We also saw how 2020 invited us to look in the mirror to see how much racism, the boiling rage of racism and homophobia and white supremacy, all entrenched into Christian nationalism was right at our doorsteps. And it was very much blended into our politics. So as we continue down this road, this mirror has not left us because we keep failing. So the only way we can get past it is if we decide that we're going to accept this invitation to look at this mirror and figure out what's going on. So if we do that, we look at the fact that 
even 2020 showed us this systemic racism that was that had been prevalent for years that so many of us were asleep to the truth was that racism and white supremacy was entrenched in this nation's founding when you look at the 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 length of time that uh, white people have colonized this you, this area this this our nation we've had more years in slavery than we have had uh, black people's freedom that's just that's just a statistic that's true so yes the civil war granted freedom to black people but then what happened is white people with wealth and power created barriers to prevent equal and fair opportunities now as i mentioned earlier heather cox richardson according to one of her letters she said in 1946 and i quote in 1946 14,394 white people and 38,970 black people lived in LaFleur County, Mississippi. Now of those, 4,335 white people were registered to vote and they carried the elections, of course, because the 26 black people registered to vote did not risk their safety by casting a single ballot, end quote. This shows us how this racism permeated not only our political system, our judicial system, but our educational and our religious systems. So we saw in 2020 how the earth is crying out in pain because of climate change here. In December, we have had tornado warnings in the Midwest. We have had floods over lands that has never had water, at least in modern history. We've had fires that have raged the homes of, of humans and animals alike. But the truth is, scientists have been begging us for years to pay attention to this, and we have ignored this. I know this is hard to hear. In the blog, I say, do you hear this? Can you go, can you? continue to stay here, stay put, don't press stop on this podcast yet. I know how easy it would be to go back to sleep and pretend like this is not happening. I get it. But I'm going to be honest. It also gets me too. There are often times where I think about my own childhood. My grandfather was a dairy farmer in Kentucky. And I loved, I would get up with him early in the mornings. He had to be at the barn at 3 a.m. or he awoke at 3 a.m., but it wasn't long after that, it was always dark. And most of the time the sun was coming up before we came back up. And I always walked about six or eight feet behind him because I didn't want to be in his way, but I wanted the experience of being out there. And then I would go out again in the afternoons when they he milked them in the afternoons. And it was such a time of innocence. And even though I was far away from the South and I was young, of course, I had no idea that schools and restrooms and water fountains were segregated in the deep South. So I cherish my childhood memories, but I also realize that they come from a place of privilege and that was denied to so many people who didn't look like me. 
and people say, well, it's not my fault that that was happening. You can hold the place for your existence. No one's asking you to apologize for being here. They're asking you to apologize. I'm sorry, they're asking you to acknowledge that there are two Americas and it's been like this for a long time. So when I think about when I think about my childhood and how wonderful that time was for me, I can also acknowledge that there were people who could not escape to a farm, to a, to a to hear the cows coming up over the hill, to see the mist as uh, coming off of the field up by the pond, to listen to their little grunts as they were coming into the barn to get lined up for, for milking, to be a part of that, to smell the country. They never got that. That is okay. I'm not apologizing for that, I'm acknowledging that two Americas existed. And by doing so, then we can become part of the solution instead of denying there was ever a problem. Beloved souls, this is our time. This is our time in history to show up and do what's right. We cannot solve everything. We're not asking you to do that, but our spirituality, and we say this often at Numa Soul, that the way you show up in the world is a reflection of your spirituality. Our spirituality, where a lot of times religion hyper-focuses on the afterlife, I'm working here to make a God happy so that I do everything right and I check off all the boxes and I'm going to end up into the, into the heavenly realm. But when Jesus was talking about heaven on earth, he was talking about heaven on earth, your work here. There is no excusing what we're doing. A pastor giving away guns is not heaven on earth. Jesus would not be in that church advocating for a giveaway based on your attendance because you got a ticket based on how many times you helped out during the services to get to get those guns. So we have to consider what we're doing to create that here. So I want to remind you, no one is blaming you for any of these things, but we are to blame if we turn away from the pain in the world and pretend, pretend it doesn't exist and irrationalize like, oh, what can I do? I'm just one person. So I want to say to you that as we move closer to the portal of the new year, beloved, remember this, what you do matters, who you are matters, it all matters. So now I want to leave you with these questions. Again, as we are closing just a few days left in 2021, and I'd like you to visualize this portal that's inviting you into the new year. And you can take some time here and pause the podcast and take some breaths and create a sacred space around this because, and it's not something that you just have to do once and let it be over. Do this over a, a period of days and see what arises for you. Sometimes if, if answers don't come, it's because we have an emotional or mental block to it, or it's just not time for that answer to arrive. 
But after you've done that and you've taken a deep breath and you invited the holy into your life to help you balance your mind, body, and soul and prepare you for the new year, ask yourself this, what do I plan to do to stay awake? You know, I'm not talking about the physical. What do I plan to do to stay awake? Because staying awake is staying connected. This is about humanity. What do I plan to do to stay awake? And then the next question is, what do I plan to do to stay informed? What do I do, plan to do to stay informed? You can set goals around these questions. Just see what arises. Don't judge anything that comes up. It could be oftentimes it can be a memory. It can be something that you don't feel is related. Just write it down and then again, make this part of your contemplative practice over the next couple of days and into the new year and see what comes up for you. What action steps can I take to work for the good of the whole and to stop this threat to our democracy? I know that's very directed, but we know it's very real. What is your part in it? What is my part in it? So let me repeat that. What action steps can I take to work for the good of the whole and to stop this threat to our democracy? And your last question, what will I do to care for my mind, body, and soul so that I can show up informed, but rested, alert, but confident, and ready to work, but from a place of balance? Dear one, there are 365 days in 2022. I hope you plan to do the work to leave the world a better place because you are in it. So let's work together for the good of the whole. I'll meet you inside 2022. Blessed be. Okay, beloveds, I am so honored to be in this space with you. I pray you receive something. I know I did because the teacher teaches what she needs to hear. And now, beloveds, go in peace and be at peace. Go in love and may you be loved. Go and know that others are on this journey with you and you are not alone. You are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved just the way you are. Blessings on your week. Happy, happy, peaceful, and blessed New Year.